0: Do they think we got three Rod Brandamores, or what? I think I started lifting real light weights when I was like 12. now listening to The Rod the Podcast with your hosts, Jordan Betts and Mike Men.
1: All right, Michael, it is good to be back behind these mics in our new recording studio at your place. Um, things are good in Canesland. 3-0 after a week of the season. Um, three pretty dominant wins. Uh one at home on opening night and two on the Westward Swing. Before we get into all that, uh, how's everything going with you?
0: Can't complain. Uh, Happy to be back in town. I was on vacation and just got back. Uh, Didn't get to go to the first game in person, which was too bad, but I got to watch all of the games on TV. Um, Just glad to be home, glad to be recording live again.
1: Bro, that was the most modest I was in Hawaii ever. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> if there was ever a reason to miss opening night, uh, you got it. And the good news is we've got 40 more home games to go uh, and a great team to watch. Um, before we really dive in, I, I do want to give you a shout out. Your, your pregame uh or pre-season preview I, I thought was excellent. I know you told uh, I told you that off the mic, but um, I wanted to point that out on here because I thought it was exceptional. Uh, I thought you sounded great and your points were awesome. So wanted to say that.
0: Appreciate
1: it. All right, now that we're uh, done loving each other up. Um, <laughs> um, getting into the three games Carolina has played this year, obviously opening up at home versus Columbus, a, a revamped uh, Columbus Blue Jackets squad that brought in uh, Johnny Goudreau and others this offseason that, you know, probably isn't a playoff contender but is looking to make the jump into being more competitive. Uh, Canes win that game 4-1. to one. Um, Any initial takeaways on that game?
0: Um, you know, first games are always rusty games for everybody involved. I think line A getting hurt in that game was a big factor because he was certainly asserting himself offensively early on. Um, a bummer for line A, a good thing for the Canes in the sense that the tides started to turn at that point. Um, it was, it was what you expected out of a first game. You can't really, hate what happened you get a win which is the most important part of that game and you start to shake off some of that rust so
1: no doubt. And, you know, you see it at all levels of sports. And that's why the NFL has preseason games. NHL has preseason games. You hope to knock some of that off. But there's there's just something different about playing the first game of the season. You know, first game with a full arena and, you know, little things are just going to go wrong, not just on the ice, but in the arena and, you know, finding the cadence of being back in a game rhythm. There was a little bit of that uh, on opening night, uh, but terrific crowd. Uh, to your point, the line A injury was kind of a, you know, fulcrum type turning point uh, in the contest. For me, it was all canes after the disallowed goal for offsides and really resulted in a what ended up being a third period that was a completely dominant effort that, you know, really at the eight minute mark, that game was over and uh Columbus was pretty hapless and just chasing it at that point Uh, I thought that was the period where Carolina really asserted its dominance as a you know far superior team
0: yeah I would agree with that I think they've definitely grown into every game this season I think Rod will probably want it to start a little earlier in the future Um, I think but like I said for a first game really good first game Uh, so you couldn't ask for much more We were kind of lucky to have a couple easy games that I would I would consider them easy games to start the season.
1: Right. And the rest of this West Coast swing, as we start to talk about, will not be as uh, straightforward as it's been thus far. But, you know, it's kind of been interesting and we've touched on this in the past, but to see this Carolina Hurricanes team and these core group of guys kind of progress from up and comers to now an established Stanley Cup contender, Uh, a team that all major outlets had, you know, it was either Colorado or Carolina as your 1A, 1B as the Stanley Cup favorites heading into this year. Um, But to me, that shows up early in the season as having the ability to build into games. You know, you don't have to always get off on the right foot. This is a team really over the past year plus that maybe hasn't gotten off to hot starts in games. Maybe we'd like to see them too. We'd like to see them maybe not have to build games as much. But having the ability to you know, not grab the game from the get and to still come out on the right side of the ledger in the end really shows the quality of the product that we have on the ice right now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, The team is the team is built to win in whatever way they need to win. And that's kind of an easy thing to say, right? When you have a championship caliber team, but they're not one dimensional. They can win it through the four check and grinding. They can win it through a defensive goaltending effort. They can win it by purely outscoring you. So this team is built to win in any way possible. Um, Special teams, the PK looks like it'll be what we've come to expect the last several years. And I think the power play is going to get even better throughout the season as that chemistry starts to build up and we'll see what happens when that power play adds a dynamic score like Max Pacioretty in the future as well
1: right I think that's the fun part here is they're doing all this without patches so far but I think the most important point that you just made was being able to win in a multitude of different ways and look back to the team that's been the most dominant in the recent you know little brief error here in hockey the, the Tampa Bay Lightning a team that similar to Carolina came up as like a high skill up and coming team that kind of got this reputation that maybe they weren't ever going to break through. And I don't think Carolina has reached the peaks that that group has to this point. And I think there's another step before they do that, but it's similar to the fact that that team learned to win in a bunch of different ways. And now I feel like for the first time, especially once Pacioretty returns, they have the ability to do that. And that's how you have to be to win a cup
0: yeah absolutely it's it's encouraging to see the groundwork that was laid start to bear fruit in the sense that the game that they're playing is is championship caliber like i mentioned before you're seeing a lot of young guys that have been giving opportunity um if we want to hop in and talk about lines really quick you look at the second line combination of svech kk and natchez and they've come out of the of the gate hot i mean you're not seeing a ton of points out of a KK, but he's doing exactly what you needed him to do at center. He's getting the puck to the playmakers. He's winning face-offs. He's, he's positioning himself defensively, responsibly. Um, he's he's playing an all-around game. He's not slowing them down, which I think was the biggest concern we right. had. That's, mm-hmm. And it's letting Svech and Natchez really blossom. I mean, I'm really happy for Natchez, the way he started with kind of the contract, and all the dispute and all that and how things may have went for him on the ice I'm really happy with the focus and drive he's shown to start the no season. doubt
1: and, and Martin Natius was probably the Canes best forward through two games this year and, and it's and it's early but to go back to KK I think the concern for me was and you once again have hit the nail right on the head is I don't really care about the point production my concern was that I didn't want him to. I didn't want to watch and feel like he was maybe bringing his line mates down. And, and to this point, that certainly hasn't been the case, as Natchez and Svech are your two leading scorers right now. Um, so that's been a really dynamic line um, that's going to get a lot of really good matchups, especially at home. So um, very pleased to see that so far. I think if you look at what has been the top line with Ajo, Turbo, and Jarvis, um, would like to see Turbo get it going a little bit but otherwise I mean I I have no concerns about those those guys.
0: Absolutely. I mean you see uh Turbo's off season consists of having a good time mostly. You're not <laughs> it's not a guy you would expect right now to be playing his best hockey and I'm all right with that. I think I've said that in the past. I'm all right with the team building their game and individual players building their game throughout the season. So it it's not going to hurt you. If Turbo's playing bad at the beginning of the season, it's gonna hurt you if he's playing bad at the end when right. it comes playoff time, You know,
1: so. the with where the team is at, he kind of has the luxury to approach his offseason like that. And my concern when you don't really attack the off season is that early season injuries. So as long as he avoids like a soft tissue or a thing from like a conditioning standpoint, uh, by this point I'm sure he's in shape. But showing up to camp, you know, you maybe expect a little bit more. Um Yeah, he's going to build into it. You know, conversely, you always have Svech, who gets off to dominant starts to seasons. And so, yeah, feeling really exceptional. Three goals, five points in three games. uh, As we, it's hard to say make the jump because he is obviously a very established player and considered one of the top power forward wingers in the league. But we want him to take that superstar step. And so while I'm very pleased that he's gotten off this great three-game start, I, he, I just want to see him sustain it over the year I mean and that's that's the big thing here is he really should be in that point per game range this season um he needs to break through that you know low or high 60s low 70s ish uh, threshold because uh, he has the ability to do it and I think now he has the line mates to do it
0: absolutely and you're in a scenario where you are have a really good shot at not getting the top defensive lineup whether it's the top pairing or whether it's their best checking line on the opponent's roster i mean you have to choose right you have to look at do we shut down ajo jarvis and turbo or do we shut down fetch kk and nature's and when you have two dynamic lines like that it it's going to create opportunities for both lines to get mismatches and that should lead to you know the ability to produce more and and to put your stamp on the game. With that being said, Svech needs to produce no matter who he plays against, to be the caliber of player that we, that we think he can be and that we think he already is, quite honestly. Um, I'm excited for him. He's not lacking confidence. It's can he just sustain it, like you said. Can he keep this pace up? Can he continue to drive play and be the person that takes this team to a stanley cup you're gonna need a guy like fetch to really right. have an eric stahl esque season if you want to be the stanley cup champions you know
1: and we don't want to be redundant but i really think that's the most critical issue to this team taking the next step and it's been that way for over a year now since we've been recording that that is the guy that's the quote franchise right that's the dude that needs to be the superstar uh, and to give you another guy to kind of pair with Aho on that tier of player. Um, but he's the one that has the upside to really carry a team. We'll see if he can do it. Uh, earlier returns are great, but huge caveat they usually are. So, uh, hopefully as he's matured, he's not going to battle, um, which I would call like intermittent lack of confidence issues. And, uh, on the other side, his line mate, Martin Natchez, you know, maybe without the contract issues hanging over him. I think that's freed him up a little bit. Overall, that's been a really dynamic line. Uh, moving down the lineup, uh, we've seen a lot of Stahl, Faust, and Stasny. you know, not a ton of point production. Not that I think we anticipate a ton of point production, but it, as expected, kind of a shutdown line. They're hard to play against. They're heavy um they do enough to just keep you on your back foot uh from an offensive perspective but really they are there to be that kind of uh shutdown line for the canes
0: yeah and they're gonna whittle away at the other team right they're gonna every single shift they go out there they're gonna grind down whatever whatever five guys for their team are on the ice and that's gonna create opportunities for the other lines to go out and produce on the score sheet Um, and when you can do that consistently When you have lines that are pinning you into your defensive zone like the first two lines can and then when you have a line like the stall line that will forecheck you and battle and not give you an inch out on the ice you just become a harder and harder team to play and I mean we go down to the fourth line and you've got the four guys that have played um, due to the unfortunate injury for Kasha with with the concussion um, you know, Nason steps in, doesn't look out of place at all. We've all talked about the surprise of Drury not making the roster. We thought that he was basically a shoe in for that. And that's going to push a guy like Martin Nook because, you know, it's, it's being spoken about. People are aware. You've got to elevate your game. And if Kasha is able to return, which we hope he will, we know he has had a history of concussions, but – if he's able to return there's going to be a lot of pressure to keep a guy like nason out of the lineup to not give a guy like Drury or Jamison reese an opportunity from chicago so that's we've talked about it a million times if you want to be a top level team you have to have that competition throughout the roster and i think it's the the best we've had that i can remember
1: without question and you know in macro big picture it it's a probably a good thing Drury doesn't make this team, you know? It 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 shows where the roster is at. And maybe does he potentially offer a little bit more upside down the road? Yes, but they don't have to rush him in there now. They have the luxury of having a Derek Stepan or Jordan Martinook, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Marty's been good early and I, I know this podcast has kind of come known as a little bit of a Jordan Martinook hater type podcast, uh, if there is such a thing, but um you know, I, I think the writing was kind of on the wall a little bit. Granted, I don't think the team puts him th- on waivers if they don't think he's going to pass through. Absolutely. But that's kind of where we're at right now. And for him to come out two points in, in the first three games, that fourth line has been exceptional uh, with or without Casa. So, um, yeah, I, I think overall early returns on the forward group, um, very, very pleased.
0: Yeah, and all without Pacioretty like we mentioned earlier. The, this lineup gets even deeper when a guy like that returns. And I mean, that's and a Drury. That, I mean, jury factors yeah, in this too. He absolutely. will play here this year. So absolutely. Um, it's an exciting time
1: and they've never had this much, as you said, depth. And I also think you'd agree this much oomph too. That's so much yeah. punch and juice up top. Um, they've kind of been overwhelming early. Edmonton will be a different test tomorrow night, but uh, thus far, very pleased. Let's move to the back end. Um, I think kind of what you'd expect out of Slavin and Burns, uh, Burns was very noticeable um, throughout the Columbus game. Didn't show up on the score sheet, but was very noticeable. Uh, gets his first point as a hurricane on the West Coast swing. I think there's another gear for him. I think he's kind of settling into this role of you know not having to play 20, 26 minutes a night, not being challenged as much on the defensive end getting to play with Jacob Slavin I think the offense is going to come but I've seen kind of what I've wanted to see to this point as far as like him being an active participant being a big body having a big shot um geez he, he fires the puck in a like quantity wise like Dougie Hamilton I think his shot's probably a little bigger um albeit probably not as effective we'll see we'll, we're going to find out <laughs>
0: Absolutely, I think, and with Burns, you don't expect him to immediately step into the lineup and and be at his highest potential. You know, he's been in one place for a long, long time. That being San Jose, he's in a a new city, so he's adapting there. He's on a new team with new players, new coaching staff, et cetera, et cetera, new time zone. I mean, all these little like you got to give him time. He's a player who I want to see how he plays in January to really make an analysis. But he seems like the perfect fit. He and Slavin are going to play really well together. It's hard not to play well with Slavin. And as he kind of settles in and finds his spots, whether it's on the power play or pinching offensively, whatever it may be, he's going to fit really well in Rod's system. And I, I think we can expect top defenseman production from him. So. Totally.
1: He, he feels like a Rod Brindamore Carolina Hurricane. Yeah. And has clearly embraced the area. Teammates seem to really, you know, gravitate towards him. Um, super pleased with what I've seen so far, and I think the best is yet to come. Still, as he settles in. To your point, uh, nothing really to say about Jacob Slavin. Um, the guy is exceptional, uh, the ultimate eraser. Um, still, probably the most underappreciated player in the league, and was listening to the Adam Gold podcast uh, probably about a week ago now, and he had Tom Dundon on there, and Tom Dundon's like, that guy's never playing anywhere else. And I'm like, duh, of course. So good to always hear that. Uh, Sounds like Tom Dundon, quick aside, sounds like Tom Dundon is not super concerned about that. You know, we keep talking about that two-year period with a bunch of core guys coming up. Those guys are Carolina Hurricanes, as he says. So we expect to see the majority of those guys play their full careers here, at least get extended uh, one more time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And going back to Slavin, I just don't like that guy isn't the kind of guy that's going to nickel and dime you at the end as well. You give him a fair offer. I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of back and forth. I would envision that deal being one that gets done quickly. Um, I think he, out of all the players, is one that really likes Carolina as a home. And I think that's going to be one of those instances where it's a guy that wants to stay because he wants to be in Carolina. And I think that's a pretty big deal and it's not something we had a lot of in the past. Yeah. And it kind of works out well that
1: most of those guys are coming up in two years and he's coming up in three. So they'll have a really good idea of, you know, where, what the team has to even offer. And it's like, that's the guy you want to be sitting there because you feel like it to your point would be easier to reach, you know, a a consensus uh, good mark for both him and the team as you're trying to consummate a deal um but yeah overall I mean that that was exciting news to hear uh Tom Dunn didn't say all that anything else on Slavin you want to go to that second pairing
0: yeah let's move on
1: uh we've seen these guys a lot over the past couple years I'm not sure there's a lot to really talk about uh Brady Shea Brett Pesci you're getting what you want from them I mean it is what it is uh Shea gets the goal on opening night um he tends to score in bunches although he doesn't score a ton um so let's see if he can keep that going and maybe get one in Edmonton tomorrow night but I think Pesci's been super solid as well
0: yeah I mean it's the it's the chemistry combination right they've been together forever they they know each other they know where they're going to be on the ice and I think that's something that you just can't replace having that consistency and it opens up both of their games, right? Because they know where the other one's going to be, what the other one's going to do. And that kind of takes away the hesitation, right? That can really burn a defenseman. And they're both, you know, skilled players. Like you said, I mean, we've seen Pesci running a power play occasionally when Coglin's been out of the lineup. And we've seen Shea contribute already on the score sheet. So that pairing is as advertised. One of the better second pairings, I think, in the NHL.
1: So third pairing, kind of last, uh, well, obviously the last D pairing we're going to talk about. But opening night, you saw uh, Calvin DeHaan, former Carolina Hurricane, who has returned uh, to the triangle paired with uh, Jalen Chatfield. Um, DeHaan played the first two games and then was subbed out uh, last game for Dylan Coughlin. Uh, I think dehan has been fine. He is what he is. He's a stay-at-home guy. Um, I think Jalen Chatfield's pretty noticeable all the time. Yeah. and uh, is going to make mistakes, uh, I think has the skating ability to kind of make up for things, which is huge. Uh, I think there's a little bit of untapped offense, and he's got a pretty good shot. I, I like Chatfield a lot. I mean, he'd kind of be a roster staple for me uh, unless the mistakes start to mount up and are glaring. Um, Coglin, I think the concern is what the skating, but he does have a big shot. Um, I think you'll kind of see a rotation between him and DeHaan and maybe Ethan Bear on occasion. But uh, any thoughts on that bottom pair?
0: Yeah, like you said, I mean, it's been really nice to see Chatfield have his opportunity in the NHL with the Canes. Um, I would imagine he'll be the most consistent player in that bottom pairing. Like you said, I think we can expect a rotation of DeHaan and um Coglin for sure we'll see what happens with bear I still think that the team has to be trying to trade him um so I don't I I don't know we'll see what happens with that but really pleased like you said with Chatfield he's been super noticeable um when he makes his mistakes he usually makes up for them right away which is a big deal and then he's not afraid to get physical he's not afraid to stand up for his teammates you know he he kind of replaces a little bit of that d'angelo gritty presence minus the psychosis because d'angelo would occasionally take that ridiculous penalty that just makes you shake your head like throwing a stick or whatever it may be but he he has He'd that never that in a playoff game though right no never okay. who would do that so he replaces a little bit of that edge i think burns obviously has sure. shown he has that edge too so i think it's a tougher defense um than we've had in the past and it's It's exciting to have these guys work out who have, you know, come to the organization, paid their dues, right, worked up the ladder, and here they are. So really excited for Chatfield. Um, I think he should have a pretty good season.
1: It's always great to see guys, um, you know, earn this. And and it shows progress isn't linear. Like, this isn't a guy that when he was drafted – or actually he was undrafted, right? Um, That worked his way up, biding his time to have opportunities and just kept proving it at every step of the way. But – It wasn't always pretty, and now he's here and it's kind of emerged as kind of a staple. Um, Yeah, we can talk about Ethan Bear on another pod. i kind of going to reserve judgment. I'm probably of the opinion that you shared that he is very much on the block. They'd like to move him, and more importantly, that cap savings. Uh, Let's talk goalies. I mean, giving up one goal per game, I think both guys have been excellent. Um, Freddie Anderson getting the start in game one, versus Columbus in game three at Seattle. Uh, Both guys have been really good. Haven't been tested a ton, but they've made timely saves, uh, especially that uh, flurry at the end of the San Jose game with Ronta. But overall, this is the tandem you want. You saw it last year when they won the Jennings Trophy. Like, these guys can get it done. It's mostly about staying healthy.
0: Absolutely. I think that's the big key, right, is these two guys stay healthy. You should be in a really good shape in net. Um, you still got Kuchetkov and the, in yeah, and the, I think that's AHL. important
1: though. We didn't know we had that coming in. Sure. And he's going to play at some point. But, uh, once again, organizational depth is so critical to where this team is now. Um, and it's nice to see that depth, what they've had, which they've had for a few years now finally paired with like cup winning upside, in my opinion.
0: Agreed. Yeah. Uh,
1: um, goalies are pretty easy right now. I don't think we really have to go yeah, to, not <laughs> you, much. You guys say. know the deal. Um, Let's quickly go through uh, the San Jose game and the Seattle game. um Canes win two one, late goal by Sebastian Ajo. I fell asleep at the beginning of the third period because it was like what one thirty in the morning. Uh, but you were in Hawaii, so how'd the end that game go?
0: Yeah, I mean, it was they they put their their head down, right? It was they weren't getting the puck bounces they wanted, um, but they battled it out. They played that championship hockey where. you you make yourself tough to beat and you're going to usually end up with a chance to win the game. And then you need your star players to win the game. And that was the case. So you're happy with the effort. It's another one of those early games. You're watching players shake the rust off. All you really want is to get a healthy 60 out of the team and a W. And that's what they ended up doing.
1: Oh, question. And, you know, moving to the Seattle game, a place that you went to last year, I I still need to get to climate pledge arena, but um that was kind of a clinical outing a a really mismatch and I think Seattle's probably a little better this year but really a mismatch in talent um that second line showed up um and as did the power play the power play was probably the difference um I think the notable change is getting Nate uh, Natchez and Svech on there and if Svech is going to be that guy he has to get power play one time and I'm a little. I, I texted to you after the first game when they had Casa on there, and then it was a uh, uh, Nosen uh, afterwards in the past two games. I assume that's a right left matchup thing. I mean, it's got to be. They want to have a more balanced power play. Um, but Svech looked great the other night uh, on that top unit and really kind of made it go.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think. We've all seen kind of the tweaks and stuff Rod does with his power play, whether we've agreed with it or not over time. I think that's probably one of the biggest gripes we've had in the past yeah. is with the power play management. I'm curious to see how things go throughout the season. The big key is, right, when Max ready returns, he's going to be on one of the two units. Knowing Rod, he's not going to get thrown on the first unit right away. But I think you brought him in to kind of be the finisher in in, in, in on the power play and – at one point, I think it's a huge part of why they brought him in. I think he'll deliver a little bit of five-on-five offenses as well. So I'm curious to see how things shake out come next year as the season progresses, as Burns settles in to his role, and as Max Pacioretty returns. It should make for an entertaining power play.
1: Yeah, when we were texting about opening night, I really think you made – i not really, you made the point that um, – you thought the reason they had an extra right-handed shot in there was to kind of get everyone in that unit used to playing with a third right shot on the power play, Um, which, as you alluded to, will eventually be max patch which will be huge uh, and takes this unit to a whole nother level. Um, I'm going to say that's the reason because I have no other justification why (laughs) um, any of those fourth liners are, are getting power play one time. Uh, especially at the expense of uh, a Svetch or at this point a Turbo, um, but overall very pleased. Hard to complain when you don't well when you go to uh, or go into a road building and, and house some one five one. As I mentioned, very clinical. Um, that's kind of where we're at. You want to preview Edmonton tomorrow before you know Edmonton, Calgary, and Vancouver before this uh, road trip wraps up. Uh, going to be a little bit stiffer test going forward. Uh, and the Edmonton Oilers, who were, uh, I believe, a Western Conference Finals participant last year.
0: Yeah, I think, obviously, you're talking about the big guns in that game with McDavid, Dreisaitl, et cetera. Um, I just think we have them beat at both the defensive position and at the goaltending position. So if if Jacob Slavin can do what he does against Connor McDavid and the team scores, which they should be able to score several, it's a game you should win, but it's going to be a test because that's a team that can really run at you and play offensively at a very high level. So, obviously, that's the biggest challenge of the season. And then Calgary will be the same boat. That team might be better with the fact that their defense is better and their goaltending is better than Edmonton. So,. Calgary may be the real test right. out of those I, two.
1: I think Edmonton is obviously a tougher test on the road. Uh just because you can't make sure Jordo's line's paired up against them. Sure. Uh and they can get McDavid away from Slavin. I just think Carolina's lineup's too Carolina's lineup is too balanced to uh really be tested that much by Edmonton stylistically. It's just a good matchup for how Carolina wants to play as opposed to head how Edmonton is forced to play by their like stars and scrubs build, uh, especially with their troubles on the back end and net. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right with the the Calgary comments. When we talked about the Kachuk trade uh, earlier this off season or in the off season, uh, I was very much a fan of the move. I think they got the better end of that deal by a lot uh, big Jonathan Huberto fan. I think if he can embrace uh, Bruce Sutter's, um, you know, style of play, if he can do enough to at least appease the coach on the back end, uh, that's a great roster. You know, um, from the goal up, and then adding Mackenzie Weegar on the back end to a unit that was already really good makes them a tough test. Um, Carolina's not going to go undefeated. They they got a decent chance of, of dropping at least one of the next three. Um, I would be shocked if it was Vancouver. That team still seems a little bit uh, mismatched to me from how it's being built about uh, Elias Pettersson is uh, a special player as is uh, Quinn Hughes on the back end. Uh, overall, I'm guessing some two in one, one, one and one, something along those lines over the next three.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. I think you would expect where this team's at for them to have good showings. It would be disappointing if they didn't play their best. Um, I think if they play their best, they have a really good shot at winning all of them. With that being said, like you mentioned, you can't win every game. And in a way, match up against a talented Calgary team and a talented Edmonton team, you'd be happy to split those, I think. In I mean, how many
1: season. seasons have been, not derailed, but really gotten off to a on a poor start because of this early season um State fair road trip out West. And when you look at the schedule, anytime you can come away with between six and eight points from that road trip, you're really doing yourself a service moving forward. Uh, They've already got four. Uh, I think six would be the absolute minimum over the, you know, two points over the next three. Uh, But I I think they will be somewhere in that seven to eight range. And that puts you, you know, really positioned you to get off on the right foot to the start of the season coming back home versus uh, the Islanders.
0: Agreed. I think you're right. I think six, like you said, should be the minimum they shoot for. I think it'll be easily attained. Um, okay. And
1: now that we've kind of got through the grainy stuff, wanna hear your predictions. Uh I, I know you already made the investment on a fifteenth anniversary sweater. Uh going with Jordo, getting the C. I think that's a, a great choice for a, you know, kind of historic honoring type jersey which i think look really crisp uh, especially on the ice the the font on the numbers is just all time just yeah, the silver yeah. those those are crisp i'm i'm so glad they're back but i want to hear your prediction we we've gotten the kind of you know teasers today from kane's uh, social media it sounds like they're the the mystery jersey is a reverse retro what are your thoughts you know last time it was oil or whalers What are your thoughts? I mean, the the teasers have been red and black, but I'd be surprised if it was another red jersey.
0: Um, We'll see. It looks it looks like it's either going to be red or white, the jersey. So it's kind of tough to tell um, what color they're going to go for. Everything I've like heard leak wise, which we don't get a lot of good intel on that kind of stuff. But it sounds like there's a good chance it's still going to be whalers based, um, which I'm fine with. Yeah, Personally? that might save us some money. <laughs> yeah, cuz I'm not a big fan of the Whalers hey, reverse. some retro. people love it, but I not and for I, me. it's
1: part of the history, but I am a Carolina Hurricanes fan. I, you know. Yeah, I
0: have the uh, I have the original Whalers jersey. The green looks great. Yeah, I have the original, not the Adidas version. I'll keep that one cuz that's an a historic jersey, but I'm not all into the, the the reverse retro. They don't The green one didn't look bad at all. I could understand like that one.
1: I could ship the the gray one. That wasn't for, for sure. me. But, hey, across the the nation, I mean, that really got great reviews. Everything Whalers tends to, yeah. when you go with that color palette of, you know, white, green, blue. I mean, it, green looks great on the ice. I didn't think yep. the gray really did. But, um, hey, we're not here to bash anybody that hates the Whaler stuff. It's just not our cup of tea. Um, I'm guessing that's kind of what it's got to be, though, because you also have the Stadium Series jersey, which – if it's the one that they've leaked is black with some pretty aggressive numbers, a little gray, a little red, yep. um, regardless what that one looks like going to be making the investment. In and uh, yeah. as we've both done the 25th anniversaries, which are so, so nice.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's an interesting thing. Like from a, a marketing and money standpoint and from t- looking at it at, from a perspective of trying to make sales, it just wouldn't make sense to me. To release a red 25th anniversary jersey and then follow it with another red throwback Canes jersey because what, are, like, how many people would buy two of those? I think at that point, yeah, you're choosing between.
1: You're getting them. either or. Um, it kind of makes my question to you, and we were talking about this before we press play do you think the 25th anniversary is here to stick? as like the new red or are they going to bring the, what has become the traditional red back into the rotation next year? I love the idea that they've gone black as their primary home. That just feels right uh, for this regime. But I'm curious your thoughts on the 25th anniversary versus the traditional reds.
0: Yeah. I don't know what the plan will be come next year. I would be happy for them to keep the 25th anniversary Jersey going forward. I think it's a very good Jersey personally. Um, I don't really know what they're going to do with the reds in general if next season maybe is just the blacks and the whites and they don't run a third very frequently or if they design a new third uh, like just to continue to bleed our wallets (laughs) (laughs) i'm not really sure what what the thought process is for that but i know that adidas contract is coming up soon i don't know exactly the year i think next year might be the last year and then we're going to get a whole another set of jerseys anyways so
1: I mean, for a franchise, and there's a lot of things that are so drastically different—one hundred, you know, 180 degree different difference from the prior regime. But man, th- this uh, group, uh, leadership group, ownership group under Tom Dundon—they know how to turn it out, and make a make some coin. Because these, uh, all the jerseys this group has put out have been excellent, um, very high-selling jerseys, and. Just in time for Adidas to, you know, have moved on. We'll got to spend more money.
0: <laughs> yep, it's. I got to start saving now. You it's, know, uh,
1: that's on us though. I mean, we we just we love it.
0: I'm glad I'm not a Storm Brew drinker though, because those are 750 now. Oh, it went up. Oh, it went up. Storm Brew is now oh. 750. You couldn't. You couldn't get me to pay seven fifty for you couldn't get me to was pay was so five. perfect.
1: That just felt like the a great link. I mean
0: I just never did it because I didn't I was like you can't get me to drink this.
1: Yeah. Five dollar bud lights are gone too, right?
0: Yeah. There's no cheap beers now.
1: Good thing man, when we were in our early twenties <laughs> it'd been a
0: lot yeah. harder. <laughs> they timed it well.
1: Well, I mean we also were in our early twenties, mid twenties when uh the team was very bad. So yeah. I wouldn't um,
0: have minded I wouldn't have minded them being good in my youth. Sure. Um, But (laughs) how different is it?
1: You know, we we go through the end of the Carmanos era, era where you basically have the same three jerseys for the last, you know, 15 years uh, or I guess less than that, but they went to the candy cane iteration, which was tough. Everything the Dundon team has done uh, with the jerseys has been spectacular. So I'm excited for reverse retro. I feel like that announcement probably comes tomorrow. I'm very excited for the stadium series release. Um, Overall, we hope they're great, but like we're not too upset. No, I'm
0: hoping it is a red Whalers jersey, and I'll say cool and not buy one. (laughs) You you
1: hear that over on uh, Edwards Mill? (laughs) All right, we've gone off the rails here, but uh, appreciate you guys joining us tonight, Mike. Any final comments? No, that's it. All right, we will see y'all next week. Go Canes.